I often talk about the four most important aspects of your food truck operation, and that being quality service, cleanliness, and community. Today, I'm going to share a story about community involvement at Christmas time that involves two angels and one changed life. Welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you worked in a restaurant, you've likely heard somebody at some point say quality service and cleanliness or refer to it as QSC. I use those initials as well, but I always add that second C, which stands for community. I usually like to say QSC squared and the square being the community which would read like a math formula, Q times S times C, and then that result is squared by community. When that little extra C is included, the results for your business explode. And I got to experience that firsthand in several different restaurants that I operated, as well as my hot dog trailer. Increasing guest frequency and, of course, the overall revenue is the goal of building your community, but it's not always about sales. Sometimes community goes beyond the dollars and cents. In 1980, I was privileged to be put in charge of our restaurant's Christmas party. Now, I'm not talking about a staff Christmas party. It was a Christmas party designed to support the community. This was the first of what became an annual party for the next 20 years. Our idea was to have a Christmas party for the children from a local group home. These kids have been removed from their parents' home over violence, neglect, physical abuse, and sadly, sometimes sexual abuse. These children would be placed in the group home, awaiting placement into a permanent foster home. But back in those days, there weren't a whole lot of foster care parents, and it was really rare in my hometown of Kentucky especially, which sadly would leave the kids in that group home sometimes for months upon months. We asked the admin of the group home if we could provide a party for the kids that would not be placed in a real foster home by Christmas. This particular year, they had 20 kids that were under the age of 12 that sadly would be spending their Christmas in that group home. Now, you got to remember that they've been pulled out of their parental home. And even if that parental home was full of violence to those kids, it was still home. The angel tree that we see at Walmart and a lot of other department stores today was about 20 years away in 1980. So we had to make up the rules for our little Christmas party as we went. The first thing we did was involve the staff on a voluntary basis, and it was designed to build up teamwork. But of course, they did not have to participate. As a restaurant, we provided all the food. We paid the staff to take care of the kids during the party as well as to operate the restaurant. We hired a Santa. We decorated the store and skewed the decorations to be more childlike for Christmas. And then we took care of part of the gifts as well. My staff did the work of decorating. And of course, they handled the kids while the rest of the restaurant operated. So each child that was at the party had an employee that was associated with them or assigned to them to be the chaperone for the evening, if you will. 
Each employee was given the opportunity to purchase a gift. We had 36 employees that worked at the restaurant, and they could share the gift giving among the 20 kids. Some of the employees could double up and share the gifts between two of them or three of them if they wanted, or they could just not participate at all. It was a voluntary program. The group home provided the list of children with a dream gift and a practical gift. And as you might imagine, those dream gifts range from Barbies to bikes to wagons to sporting equipment to G.I. Joes, range the full gambit of everything a kid would want in the 1980s. The practical gifts range from paper and pencils and colored pencils and crayons, construction paper, and of course, a lot of clothing requests as well. Each employee in turn picked a name from the list and agreed to purchase the dream gift and allow Santa to present that dream gift at the party anonymously. We took great care to make sure that the employee purchasing the gift could witness that child open the gift. So if we had to rotate people off the front line or out of the kitchen, we did that to make certain that the person that purchased the gift could see that smile on the child's face when they got to open it. Now, the list of children included one child that was named Angel. The group home had given us a short bio of each child, so we knew a little bit about their personality to help with the practical gifts. Angel wanted a baby doll. That was her dream gift. And her request included just a single sentence. I would like a doll I could take care of and make happy. Her practical gift was also a single sentence. I would like clothes for my doll to play dress up and to take to church with me. Now on the surface, that sounds pretty brilliant. I'm going to get two toys out of this. One being the doll, one being the clothes for the doll. So we all thought she was a pretty clever little six-year-old. As fate would have it, our staff included a cashier who was also named Angel. The employee Angel was a career beauty pageant participant. Pretty much from birth, her parents put her in every single beauty pageant they could find. And then as she got old enough to tell her parents she wanted to be in those competitions, she was even in more competitions. She won everything from the prettiest baby all the way up to Sweet 16 and, and beyond. She was homecoming queen. Everything that could be given to a pretty girl, she was given. In all the competitions, she won way more times than she lost. But that kind of thing also takes a toll on you. Her personality was very aloof. Now, don't get me wrong. She was a hard worker, but she was also the typical beauty queen. Whenever she was asked to go clean the restrooms, we got the chorus of, ooh, that's disgusting. But she was still going to do it. She was very aloof. She was hard to get to know personally, but she worked hard. And I honestly think the only reason she worked in a fast food restaurant was to create that interview process that they have in the beauty pageant contest so she could say how terrible her life is working fast food. When she saw the name Angel on the list of children, she, of course, selected Angel. And then she bought the typical baby doll from the 1980s, the one that when you laid it down, its eyes closed. It had the mouth that was open in the exact shape of a nipple from a bottle. And it came with a bottle that when you turned it upside down, it looked like the liquid was draining out of it. That was fancy technology for 1980, okay? Big Angel, my employee, asked to purchase the practical gift as well. She wanted to make sure that the clothing the doll got was fashionable. Now, Big Angel, our employee, she had a fine sense of fashion, and she always wanted to be a fashion designer. She always talked about when she gets out of college, she's going to move to New York, and she's going to be a big-time fashion designer. That's all that she would talk about. And it kind of makes sense because it goes in with that kind of lifestyle that you lead being the beauty pageant queen all the time. The night of the Christmas party came, the entire staff was on board. They were either running the kitchen, running the front line, or they were there taking care of the kids. So everybody was on deck, and everybody wanted to have their opportunity to watch the kids have a good time. 
The van arrives with the children, the employees lined up to usher the eager kids to the private section of the dining room that we had decorated just for the children's Christmas party. We had given the admin of the group home our logo name tags, and each of them we had put the children's name on to help us to know which kid went with which present, also to help Santa Claus. So as young Angel stepped off the van, and she was the last one to step off the van, she was introduced to our Angel, the employee, Big Angel, and she showed... Little Angel showed a slight, and I mean very slight, smile when she heard that her escort for the evening was also named Angel. We had the children sit in a straight line, all 20 of them in a row. Across the table from them was their secret benefactor, and soon the table was alight with conversations and jokes and storytelling and singing and all the things you would want to keep the kids occupied with so they weren't up running around and creating a ruckus in the dining room. Now, young Angel was six years old. She was skinny to the point of looking malnourished. She constantly looked at the floor and only raised her head when she was called by name. Her eyes were dull. They had big, dark circles underneath her eyes as if she hadn't slept in weeks. She sat very quietly. Her hands were folded in her lap, and she did next to nothing. The only time she looked up is when our employee, Angel, asked her a question. All the kids were fed. The kids relaxed a little bit after they got some cake and ice cream. And then soon that table sounded exactly like an elementary school cafeteria full of laughter, full of just all kind of happy noises, except for little Angel. She sat quietly. She was still bundled in her well-worn jacket. The older Angel tried and tried to involve little Angel in the games, singing Christmas carols, any of the fun, but she just sat quietly and her face told the story. She was afraid. She was terrified. The noise, the ruckus, the unfamiliarity of the situation, it was a monster to this little girl, and she just sat there bravely through it all. The elder angel excused herself from the party and came to me and asked for some help. She just didn't know what to do and she felt like the little angel was not having a good time and she felt bad about that. So I introduced the group home admin to Big Angel and asked for a bit of advice. Was there some way that we could make a connection with the young angel to create that magical evening we wanted all the kids to have? The group admin explained that little angel was just added to the group home the first part of December. Not only was Angel removed from her parents' home, she was also separated from her baby sister to protect both of the kids from their abusive parents. Abused babies typically are assigned to parents that have specialized training because there could be medical issues as well. And sadly, the system often separated siblings until the courts would make final decisions to permanently remove the children from the biological parents or in some cases to reunite them after the parents have taken whatever type of counseling that they need. So this young angel was alone. She was missing her baby sister and the happiness of all the other kids just magnified how lonely she felt. After the kids were fed, we brought Santa into the dining room to a chorus of shouts and laughs and a rush of the kids running around the table to give him a hug, all except Angel. She sat waiting in her chair, waiting for someone, anyone, to tell her what she was allowed to do. One by one, the kids got to sit on Santa's lap. They shared what their dream gift was. And then one by one, Santa presented them with exactly what they had requested. Hugs and laughter and thank yous all night long until it became little Angel's turn to sit with Santa. Our employee Angel had a front row seat to be able to watch the interaction with little Angel and Santa and then to watch little Angel unwrap that doll that the older Angel had purchased. 
The conversation started like all the rest of the conversations. A jolly salutation from Santa Claus that included the child's name because he just read it off the name tag. And every single child forgot they were wearing a name tag, so they were just amazed at the magic of Santa knowing them by name. And then, of course, the obligatory question, have you been a good little boy or a good little girl? And after a little bit of small talk, the question of the hour, and what would you like for Christmas? Little Angel leaned to Santa and whispered something in his ear that none of us could hear. And then Santa dropped out of character. There was no more ho-ho-hos. There was no more jolliness. He repositioned Angel on his knee and he said very quietly, I promise. And then he handed the present that Big Angel had purchased to Little Angel. She opened the present. She saw the doll. Her eyes lit up for the first time. She smiled the biggest smile of any of the kids that were in that room. She hugged Santa over and over. She was saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Santa got up to leave. He reminded all the kids to be good. And then my staff went about getting the children ready to get back in the van, taking the, the wrapping paper and throwing it away, getting all the kids bundled back up in their jackets. I asked Big Angel to join me and bid Santa a farewell and see what in the world Little Angel had said. So when we got away from the dining room and got Santa down the little hallway to where no one could see him, we asked, what did Little Angel say to you that she wanted for Christmas? And at this point, Santa's pulled off his cap. He's pulled off his beard. He's taken the jacket off so he doesn't look like Santa anymore. And with a broken voice and tears welling up in his eyes, she said, I don't want anything. I don't know where my baby sister is, but I know you will see her for Christmas. Please make sure she's safe. And when I turned to look at Big Angel, she was visibly shaken. Watching this gentleman nearly cry over what he's been asked to do, she started to cry. And she had tears running down her cheek. And I reminded her, we've got to get little Angel ready to go back to the group home. So she walked back into the dining room. Didn't bother to correct her makeup. Didn't bother to dab the tears away. She got little Angel's gift ready. Threw away the wrapping paper. And little Angel noticed that she was crying. And she said, it's okay. I was sad too, but you can ask Santa to help. All I wanted to know was, was my sister safe? And Santa promised. He even knew I wanted something to take care of until I can be with my sister again. This doll is beautiful. Big Angel never went to New York. She never became a fashion designer. What she did do, though, was become a social worker that specialized in abused children. And I found out a few years later that she adopted two little girls. And one of those little girls was named Angel.